Hello everyone, welcome along to this special edition of Rotobiz Radio. It is the RB32 pre-season series. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Today's episode is going to focus on the Jacksonville Jaguars and I'll be joined by JP Shadrick of Jaguars.com and the Jacksonville Jaguars Radio Network to discuss all things Jags. You can follow JP on Twitter at JP Shadrick and he'll be joining me in just a moment to talk about the running back situation down in Jacksonville. We'll be talking about the quarterbacks. Is Blake Bartles the long-term option for this team? The tight ends as well with Austin Safarian Jenkins we touched on the defense and we also will be talking about this wide receiver core which is a little bit tough to decipher at the moment but we'll be looking for JP to give us some guidance as to what way he expects it to shake out once the season starts before we get to JP I want to let you all know that you can get a 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass through the Rotoviz podcast page that is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast your subscription will give you unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools and best of all it supports the pod the deal is pretty awesome getting that 30% off and with the apps and the tools up on the site and Dave Cabin at the moment has out a new suite of apps as well that you can get access to with the projection machine and so many other great tools over there. So it is a perfect time with the season approaching and it is the preseason. So many articles going up on a daily basis. You'll be able to get so much information to help you with your fantasy teams this season. So head on over to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Get yourself that 30% discount and make your fantasy team better in 2018. For those of you who don't know, Rotoviz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over 1,000 articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps. So to check out all that good stuff, head on over to rotoviz.com to check out the site. And with that said, I think it's time to start talking Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's get JP on the show. Delighted to be joined back on the show now by JP Shadrick of Jaguars.com and the Jaguars Radio Network. And uh, anytime I look to get any news regarding the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's always JP that I go and get it off. JP, how you doing, my man? I'm uh, doing great. It's good to be back with you again. Always nice to speak with you. It always means that... Uh, football's right around the corner when uh, we're on this podcast yeah for for sure it does and uh, with uh, obviously we'll take a little bit of a look back to the 2017 season first for the Jaguars it was their first winning season in a decade so obviously a lot of good positive vibes going around uh, with the Jaguars but a lot of that was based on the de- defense Jalen Ramsey, Clayus Campbell and so on having big big seasons for the team and that was their first year with the team so when we look at what has been done and basing it on the defense I guess we'll get the comment on the defense out of the way first uh, certainly one of the best in the league and you know expected to dominate again in 2018 but is that as much as we can kind of say about it expected to be similar again probably not as efficient as they were last year as you know it was just uh, off the charts some of the efficiency metrics that they were putting up but how do you expect the defense to go is it pretty much the same as last year uh, well i mean the the personnel's pretty much the same i'll say that they lost to aaron colvin in free agency he's over in houston now but other than that everybody else is back around so this is kind of the window for that defense they, they made a huge statement last year uh they got some pass rush going Calais campbell had a fantastic year of course uh, first team all pro and then you brought in uh you know malik jackson who's been playing well he had a good season last year uh the the pass rushers on the outside yannick Ngakwe took a step up uh, Dante Fowler found some positive things as the season went on, and they, and they feel like he's going to have a, a better year this year. And then you, you traded for Marcel Darius and brought him in the middle, and, and towards the end of that season, that helped the run defense a lot. Uh, linebackers played great, of course. Uh, Paul Pazlesny's out of here now. That's another big difference on defense. So Miles Jack will move over to the middle linebacker spot full-time. Uh, and, of course, secondary is back. And uh, those guys will 
tell you how good they are, they'll go be good, and then they'll tell you about it after. So when when you have three levels of defense like that, uh, and most of the guys back, I think they feel like they left a lot of things out there last year, even with the numbers they put up. So I expect an even better performance uh, from this defense statistically and results-wise as well. Yeah, there's a lot of swagger around those guys, and you mentioned as well uh, with the Marcel Darius, the one question mark in around this defense in the midpoint of the season was the run game, and uh, down the stretch, they really showed that up. One thing about this Jaguars defense last year was the ability to stay healthy, and usually that's something that kind of doesn't stay as positive as it was for the Jaguars last year with the amount of injuries that happened in the game, but we'll have to see how that goes in 2018 for them. But if the defense is as dominant again, you know, it won't really provide the team with a lot of motivation to throw the ball. We've seen how heavy they went on the run game last year, relied a lot on Leonard Fournette. But is that the plan? And with this passing game being led by Blake Bortles, you know, they extended him uh, towards the end or early in this off season. And uh, what is the luck at the quarterback position for this year and then beyond it? Is it a case of looking at Bortles two years down the line? Or do you think unless things step up, this could be the final year? And do you see... Any possibility of there being a you know a quarterback controversy at some stage this season? Well, let's start with Blake. He's a quarterback of this football team, uh, and he was that last year. He won the job. Uh, I can remember last year in training camp uh, before last season, it was up in the air. They they let Chad Henney start the third preseason game, so there was a lot of question marks there. But he won the job, and then as the season went on, you could tell he was getting a little more comfortable with with the offense again. Uh, and he signed the contract extension in this off season. So uh, in this off season program, a few months, you know, a couple months ago, OTAs, you could just tell like it was his team. Uh, the way he walked in the field, the way he controlled the huddle, the way he changed things at the line of scrimmage. Not just his team, but his offense. You know, it's, a, it's the same playbook now for the second year in a row. He really hasn't had that in his career yet. So he's able to get much deeper into it now make checks and do changes and everything without really having to think about it, just reacting to what he sees. So that's a huge step for him. So uh, he's the quarterback, and he's going to be the quarterback here for the foreseeable future. I don't think that's going to change. Now, that said, this is a running offense. Uh, they, they, they were the best team on, in the run game in, in the NFL last year by statistics. But there was a field you know, late in the season – especially that they didn't have the ability to run when they needed to at times. You know, there were, there were times late in the season or in the playoff game and in, in the, in the AFC championship game against the Patriots, they could have run for three first downs and killed the clock and won the football game, but they couldn't do it. Uh, and I don't, that's not a, I don't know if it's a Fournette issue it, it, or an offensive line issue. It's a collective issue. So they made some changes on the O-line this year. They, they brought in Norwell, the all pro guard from Carolina, um, they'll see what happens on the right side. Everybody else is pretty solid there, they feel. So bringing a, a big, nasty dude up front, I uh, have a healthy Leonard Fournette. They're going to run the football, pound it out, throw off the run, and that's what this offense is going to be, no matter what they paid or how, for how long they paid the quarterback. They're, this is a running team. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and I think I guess we'll just jump into the running backs now and talk about it. Fournette's season as a whole, when you look at the numbers, uh, for, or uh, 1,040 yards and then 9 touchdowns and only 13 games played. At the start of the season, he started really strong. 99 yards per game and 
0.58 per carry over those first six games but as the season wore on you mentioned the injuries getting a little bit beat up he has had the ankle injury heading all the way back to his time in college at LSU so with the season going on in those last couple of games like you mentioned that average dipped to 3.9 yards per carry which was you know nearly a yard lower than the rest of his teammates uh, were able to put up so when you look at that you mentioned kind of the combination between him and the offensive line you mentioned the offensive line hopefully have ensured some things up this offseason do you think uh, you know he's gonna be back healthy do you think that's something that we need to worry about for 2018 or do you think that's something that's uh, you know in the past now that ankle injury is fully healed yeah, I think he's good to go. I don't know if it's going to be a long-term nagging thing for him. you got to remember, you know, last year LSU was hurt, and then he goes into the pre-draft process without much time to, to have a break to get it right. Uh, he comes into the season healthy, then tweaks that ankle, and then, and there's no time to get it healthy during the season. So he's kind of had to roll with it. Uh, once that ankle injury happened, he put on a little bit of weight, too. That's the other issue. Couldn't do the the stuff during the week between games to, to stay right. So, and he said that this off season that he was, you know, 235 pounds, which he, at LSU, he played at 224. So he's close to that. Now he says he's closer to that. He looks a little trimmer in this off season. So maybe bring the weight down a little bit. The ankle seems fine. He says, and uh, go with that. I think it is a combination though. I mean, it was definitely the O line and him being a little bit banged up and, and not being able to really have that push he had early in the season. So with him uh, trimming up a little bit and healthy, I, I think he's going to be – he's the running back for the football team. You'll you'll see some Yeldon. You'll see some more Corey Grant this year. Uh, but it's Leonard Fournette. I mean, he's going to be your bell cow, and uh, I think he's healthy and ready to roll. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that's something that a lot of people mislead uh, when you look at these players in the NFL. A lot of the time, if you pick up that injury in the middle of the season, it is pretty much impossible to shake it off as the season progresses. It just kind of gets worse and worse, and you can't get it 100% healthy. But you mentioned there TJ Eldon and Corey Grant, and, of course, Chris Ivory was in this backfield last year, but now he's up in Buffalo. So it's an interesting dynamic with the two of those guys. You know, uh, Grant is a very explosive player. You know, he carried the ball 30 times last year, and that there was able to produce 248 yards, two touchdowns, and three of his 68 career carries have gone for more than 50 yards so both on special teams and as a runner he has been a very explosive playmaker Yellen's a player who I've liked throughout his career and from when he came out of college but he just hasn't ever been truly consistent whether that be with injuries or just when he has had that opportunity do you expect that to be kind of an even split between the two of them behind Fournette Fournette being the lead dog and the two of them both getting an opportunity or do you think it's a case that one of them wins out that uh, second spot in camp yeah, I think it's a little bit of a combination. I don't know if there's a true number two. It probably depends on the situation more than anything with this offense. Uh, Yeldon, you know, he, in his spot duty last year when Leonard was out middle of the season there, played well. He had a 100-yard game in Indianapolis and, and, and did some good things and, and was a good backup guy to have around uh, Leonard Fournette. You know, different kind of style, which was nice. And as you mentioned, Corey Grant has that blazing speed once he gets out in the open. Uh, you know, he could take it to the distance pretty much from anywhere on the field. And, you know, he, you know, he had, what, three touches or so early in that AFC championship game, Corey Grant did, where they got him outside and, and there was a problem for New England. And there was a feel that they didn't really go back to that in the second half for some reason and left some, some meat on the bone, if you will, uh, with that offense in the AFC championship game. So uh, with him signing his tender and, you know, He's become, of all things, think about this. Corey Grant, by salary this coming season only, 
is the eighth highest paid running back in the league this year. <laughs> He's getting paid more this year than Leonard Fournette is this year. So, so with all that money going out, guess what? I think they're going to use Corey Grant a little bit more, right? Uh, uh, use him in the run game, shifty. He can, he's starting to figure out side-to-side stuff. He used to be just a straight-ahead sprinter. But, uh, you know, get him outside, do some things. with. I think he's going to be a, a real a real key for this offense that a lot of people might not realize is Corey Grant. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the, he's just a mismatch for any linebacker. You know, once they get him split out, like you mentioned, in the AFC Championship yep. game, just uh, pretty much no chance uh, they're going to be able to keep up with him. Uh, it's an interesting team because of that dynamic at running back. A lot of teams are trying to have those more options behind the lead dog and be able to have it, you know, so they can spread the work around. And obviously, as I mentioned already, injuries do happen. And a position group that's very interesting for the Jaguars this year because there's there seems to be a lot of depth in it, but there's no real standouts in it. Outside. I think Marquise Lee looks like he's poised for a breakout year if you look at what he's done previously and then this offseason they signed him to a four-year contract worth 38 million 18 million guaranteed they let Allen robinson go which was a little bit of a surprise to some people he figures to be the number one receiver in this receiving core but they also have taken in dante moncrief as a free agent then they have dd westbrook as a second year player who those big things expected of and then they've taken this year dj chark in the second round and then if we even look at last year with so many injuries on this team Keelan Cole and Jalen Mickens had pretty some big, pretty big plays in uh, 2017. So when we look at it for 2018, how do you see it breaking out? I think Marquise Lee is that number one, and then I think D.D. Westbrook and uh, you know Moncrief are kind of the one behind that. But how do you see it shaking out? It's it's really one that I think Camp will make clear. But at this moment in time, how do you think the team's planning? That's a good question because yeah, I don't I don't know if there is a true number one on this football team. You know, I, I think it's a handful of number twos, which is okay. You know, that makes everybody. Uh, you have to cover all those guys equally. You know, if they're if they're all kind of the same level type of guy, you don't have like a a six foot five, two hundred and thirty pound monster. You don't have a Megatron. You know that that those guys don't really come around. There's no Julio Jones on this football team. It's starting to remind me a little bit of the New England Patriots. Just get as many guys in and see how it works out. <laughs> Right, and you know, pick a spot for them. They have a role, and and they're going to play that role and be fine, right? So the young guys last. Let's start with those guys. I mean, Keelan Cole had a fantastic rookie season. Uh, you feel like you know if he can put on a little bit of weight, I think that's what they want to do with him. Is is he's just a real skinny guy, you know? Put on a little weight. They feel like he can be a guy here for a long time. Um, Didi Westbrook came in later in the season after his injury early in the year and, and played well in spots uh, late in the season in the playoffs. They like his potential moving ahead. And as you said, uh, Marquise Lee, uh, you know, if you'd have said two years ago that he would have been the one here this season and not Alan Hearns and Alan Robinson, you'd have been nuts because he was always hurt. He's banged up. He's not on the field. He's this. Yeah. But he's the one here, and that's how fast things can change in the NFL. That Hearns and, and Allen Robinson are out of here, and Marquise Lee is the is basically the oldest receiver on this uh, roster right now. It's just crazy to think about. He was just drafted four years ago, you know. And then you bring in uh, Dante Moncrief in in free agency, and they feel like he can be a guy that has the potential to to be close to that number one guy. But he's just been banged up a bit. They had the quarterback issues in Indianapolis, so there's some inconsistency in the offense there. All that combined for him not to have fantastic numbers in Indy. But uh, his metrics and everything he's done, you know, it, it, from college, you know, if you if you go to the the combine and all that stuff, uh, off the charts. So if he's healthy, um, that could be a good steal for this for this offense. Now don't forget, we're talking wide receivers and everything. But the star, I think, of the off season 
one of the stars, one of the main ones, is the new tight end, Austin Safarian <laughs> Jenkins. You're getting there before me. <laughs> I'm just telling you, man. I mean, the receivers are great and all, but having that that wrinkle in this offense is going to be a huge difference for Blake. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned, uh, before we get to ASJ, you mentioned Lee being the oldest uh, wide receiver in this offense. This team is really, really young on both sides of the ball. And I actually didn't mention Horns going to the Cowboys. When you look at how much change has happened in this wide receiver room, but you did mention the tight end, and that's a guy who I've been talking a lot about this offseason. Obviously, they let Mercedes Lewis go. He's now with the Packers, but he's primarily a blocking tight end when you look at it that way. The team has signed Safarian Jenkins and Nile Paul in free agency. ASJ is not as good a blocker as uh, Mercedes Lewis, but he's a major upgrade in terms of a receiving threat and the athletic ability that he has shown. Even though with the the Jets last year, it wasn't as much as we had seen maybe in his early time with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but seems to have cleaned up his act off the field. He's got his life back on track. He had those issues earlier in his career, but I expect him to be a major, major part of this offense. Uh, And I think you kind of hinted at it. Do you agree? I do, and just seeing it in the off season, you can tell there's a little bit of chemistry forming in this offense with him. It's hard to find a blocking tight end as good as Mercedes Lewis. He's among the best in the league and has been over the years, so that'll be tough to replace. But they feel like that Safarian Jenkins can get in there and, and at least stick his nose in there and give it the good old college try, you know, and, and <laughs> be a willing blocker, if you will, you know. Um, so you have to be willing to go try to do it and do it in this offense uh, because they're running offense. But his ability down the field is, I think, much more consistent, let's say, than Mercedes Lewis. You know, Mercedes would have a breakout game here or there and have a, a long gainer occasionally, but it wasn't game in and game out, he was a threat, you know. Uh, Safarian Jenkins, at least so far, has shown that he can be that, that kind of two-way of blocking tight end, but really get down the field and open up the middle of the field for this offense. Now as Paul, you know, he had his moments in Washington where he filled in and did some things well, but for, for this football team, he is primarily on the special teams right now, and he'll, he'll have some offensive time, there's no doubt, but uh, he's here, he was, a, he was a special teams ace in Washington, and I, I think that's going to be uh, mainly his role here, but he's had a good off season too. Seeing him run around the field, that's good to see. So, yeah, some changes in the tight end room. After you know, you think about it for the you know last twenty years of this football team, you've had two, basically two starting tight ends, Kyle Brady and Mercedes Lewis, and now Lewis is gone. So you're on to the next one for the first time in a while. Uh, it's a big change for for the Jaguars. Yeah, and this team, just, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, the defense was so healthy last year and they were so good. If that does take a step back, we might see a lot more out of this offense this year. And there is certainly parts in place to be able to see that this year. But, JP, as always, it's been a a lot of great information provided by yourself. And it's always a pleasure having you aboard the show. Thanks once again. Oh, thanks for asking me. It's always uh, my pleasure to be on with you. Thanks a lot. Once again, a special thank you to JP Shadrick for jumping aboard the show and talking to us, giving us his thoughts on the team for this upcoming season. You can follow him on Twitter at JP Shadrick. With him being around the team on a daily basis, it gives you a great insight into some of the stuff going on. He breaks a lot of news around the team, so definitely an account that I would highly recommend following if you're interested in any of the latest injury news or any of the latest team news around the Jaguars. JP is definitely a one to follow, so again, that is JP Shadrick.
So with what JP said, I think it's time to try and break down uh, what I expect to happen with this Jaguars team as we head towards the season. For any of you who've been following me on Twitter over the last couple of months, you'll know that Austin Tavarian Jenkins is a prime target for me and uh, with what JP said I think uh, you know it gave me a little bit uh, probably a little bit too much excitement uh, heading into the rest of this recording so uh, let's talk a little bit about the team and what I expect from a fantasy football perspective I mentioned the possibility of the defense uh, having a little bit of a regression they were so healthy last year in 2017 they allowed the fewest passing yards on the season Uh, they also second in total points allowed just 268 they were second in takeaways with 33 and second in sacks with 55 and and tied for first in defensive touchdowns so i expect them still to be a top 10 unit in 2018 i do expect that regression to be there they stayed incredibly healthy throughout the season too and you know with the injuries in the nfl that's something that doesn't tend to happen a large majority of their defensive key players played uh you know pretty much the vast majority of snaps all season long mentioned as well alan robinson's gone alan hearns has gone free and soon they did sign dante moncrief and dj chark that's a second round pick did again they have alan lazard as an undrafted free agent so there's a lot of interesting things if you look at the combine with those two guys both top three in terms of freak score uh, at the combine so it's just a, an interesting group and then again marquis lee and dd westbrook keelan cole in there it is a little bit crowded so when we look at it and to do all this i've pulled in austin safarian jenkins too who i am very excited about heading into the season and to check what i think their stats and opportunities are going to be this year you have to take a little bit of a look at blake bartles i expect him to want to run the ball again as i've mentioned already but i think if you look at what he did last year he finished as a top 15 quarterback on the season even after all the stuff that we have you know grown to know about Bartles one thing he has been over his career is he's produced fantasy points but you know the last two seasons have been a lot less than what he did previous to that but uh, you know I still expect him to help this team this year I've been projected for 527 pass attempts on the season and uh, I think that's you know pretty pretty standard going forward the average quarterback in the NFL is going to throw over 500 passes and he threw over 500 last year expect him just to creep over what he did last year and at 527 passes so then when you're splitting those targets around you know you have to look into the running backs and you have to look into all the pass catching options based on that on the season I have Marquise Lee leading up with the most targets out of this team I've him penciled in for 109 targets on the season then the one that will surprise a lot of people is Austin Tavarian Jenkins I think they will use this tight end a lot more this year and I've been projected for 81 targets on the season next up then Dante Moncrief 76 targets D.D. Westbrook 69 I think Leonard Fournette then is going to get a little bit of work in the passing game uh, with the injuries last year he didn't have as many targets as some people might have thought would happen but this season he's penciled in in my book for 55 then we have Chark I think it's going to be a case of some one of these may break out you know you have Westbrook and Chark and Cole one of these may break out and you know dominate out of these uh, targets but at the moment with how things are projected this is the way that I have them standing out Chark with 42 then Yeldon comes in with 41 Keelan Cole 31 and you know if you look at Keelan Cole a lot of people were probably you know early in the offseason projecting him for a larger role this season a lot of his work did come with the injuries to Lee and Horns towards the end of the season and obviously Alan, Hor- Alan Robinson missed the entire season so he got a lot of work when there wasn't a lot else going on around it so I think that he's going to have a, a large regression this year in terms of his opportunity uh, then with Niles Paul, I've him penciling for 15 targets and Corey Grant targeted for 18 times. I think the Grant and Yeldon things are very interesting one to see how it goes and shakes out. Again, if one of them wins the job, it'll make it a lot clearer. But at this moment in time, I still have Yeldon a little bit ahead of him in the pecking order heading into the season. So the, the projected total for Jenkins, I mean that 81 targets, is the second highest in the season. And it might 
look a little bit high but you know if we listen to what JP said and how good he's looked uh, the best season if you go back in terms of with Blake Bortles and a tight end was with Julius Thomas a couple of seasons ago 2015 he had 46 receptions on 80 targets that finished as tight end 18 he only played in 12 games that season and the next year was another injury ravage campaign for Thomas uh, but he did finish with 51 targets and 30 catches in just nine games so if you look at you know full seasons over those two years it isn't all that high but his per game numbers when he was healthy do give uh, somewhat of a, a nice opportunity if you look ahead to what I'm expecting for Austin Safarian Jenkins this season because based on those Thomas numbers if he had played the full season doing the sample size over on rotoviz.com and the game splits up uh, he averaged 100 target full season pace in those two shortened years in Jacksonville so I think definitely a, an upgrade over uh, what they had with Lewis and I expect him to have that opportunity I think as well if you look at where he's going in drafts at the moment you know he's very very easy target to get in those uh, kind of later rounds and the double digit rounds and I think if you're stashing him as your second tight end on a roster or even as your first tight end if you're waiting on tight end I think there's huge value there and I own him on quite a number of my dynasty rosters too picked him up uh, over the last kind of couple of months I had him on some rosters last year he was a big DFS play for me and uh, anyone that played with him in DFS last season will know that you know he could have had a lot bigger season with the three touchdowns turned over there was the one against the New England Patriots a lot of people will remember so there's a couple of ones that could have went either way for him there and he did disappoint last year uh, just 7.1 yards per catch and just, he didn't look as athletic last year but if you look at what he did you know and his uh, you know pre uh, NFL scores coming in he's six foot five he's 262 pounds he ran a four five six 40 yard dash so you know he has a freak score of 93 based on all that so it is still impressive if he can shake off those cobwebs and uh, have all things ready to go for the start of the season and of course still only being 25 years old makes him uh, an asset in dynasty if you can try and acquire him if you're as confident in him as I am heading into the season I expect a big workload for Leonard Fournette there's no doubt there I expect him to have over 300 carries of him and for 306 carries in the season if he hits that target and stays healthy should be a lock for a thousand yards and I've meant for 1147 yards and 10 touchdowns I think when you get in close to the goal line they're going to try and punch it in with him more often than not when it gets to the rushing attempts again I have yelled and just slightly ahead of Corey Grant I have Yeldon down for 69 carries and Corey Grant down for 46 carries on the season. So it's obviously uh, a main man show with Leonard Fournette but then when you look at uh, Yeldon and Corey Grant uh, again if one of them suffers an injury there is a nice opportunity there as well. I think it's going to become a lot clearer as we get closer to the season how this is going to really shake out with the wide receivers and then with that backup running back pair but as JP mentioned I think the running backs are going to stay as they are barring an injury it's going to be kind of a split behind Fournette and then it's going to be very very intriguing to see how Moncrief fits in how D.D. Westbrook can step forward in the second season I'm excited to see what they can do again if there was a different quarterback there obviously Cody Kessler is the backup quarterback but if there was a different quarterback there I think would be very very excited you know if there was a Kurt Cousins there or even a Tyrod Taylor there'd be a bit more excitement but uh I think Blake Bortles will have enough opportunities to uh, try and support some of these and make them viable fantasy football assets in 2018. But for me, if I'm looking at who I want uh, in Dynasty, I have quite a bit of D.D. Westbrook in my leagues and I'm still excited to see what he does this year. I was a big Dante Moncrief fan earlier in his career, but he, he kind of uh, has had his trouble staying healthy and then um, just with the quarterback situation in Indianapolis, it hasn't been all rosy there. So we'll see if he can bounce back this season. So there's 
it's going to be fascinating how it works out but for me Austin Teferian Jenkins is the guy to own and I have quite a few uh, dynasty leagues where I have TJ Allen from over the years so I've kind of picked up Corey Grant off the waiver wire a couple of months back so if anything happens for net there is um, those two guys locked in there as well so with that it kind of wraps up what I expect to happen with this Jacksonville Jaguars offense in 2018 uh, I am more excited than some about it I think there's opportunities there to, to get a little bit excited to uh, try and get some pieces that mightn't be costing as much as they maybe should be costing based on who the quarterback is go grab yourself some jags get yourself some values and uh, really and truly that's going to do it for today's episode of the show this has been the jacksonville jaguars edition of the rv32 series if you agree with me on some of my calls in this show or if you don't agree with me hit me up on twitter at over tim ireland let me know your thoughts i always like to get into some interactions there and uh, share our thoughts on uh, our fantasy football opinions for the upcoming season my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over tim ireland my guest today was jp shadrick of jaguars.com you can follow him on twitter at jp shadrick make sure you check out the rest of the recap series it has been fantastic so far and it's going to get more and more episodes up as we get closer to the nfl season so with all that said all that's left to do is have a good one Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz RV32 preseason preview series. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast channel on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. <laughs> <laughs>